Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Squawking Dead, the podcast that breaks down every bit of the Walking Dead television series until you're either no longer afraid or realize that the minute anyone sees a herd of walkers, humanity will instantly vanish. Poof. Poof. <laughs> Up until the end of last week's episode, our gang has had the wind at their backs. They successfully decimated the sanctuary, kicked some major ass rolling up at the armory, and even took some Polaroid photos to commemorate the occasion. But by the end of that episode, everyone hits a brick wall. Rick is confronted with a survivalist, murdering attitude. Daryl is immediately reminded of his torture at the sanctuary. Aaron shuffles a mortally wounded Eric away from gunfire. Carol and the kingdom are facing an enemy that knows they're coming. And Jesus and friends are finding out that it might not be great to murder everyone, but it's even harder when you have to take responsibility for so many people that have surrendered. And, as always, I'd like to turn to Carol to start off the show, because she's awesome. Thanks. You're awesome, too. <laughs> wow. Where to start? Where to start? You know what's funny? I actually sort of miss <laughs> some of the slower episodes, I gotta tell you. I mean, I <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's fine. And it's, like I said, it's different because these past few episodes have been consistently or where we last left off, it's here. And the next episode is picking up right where the last one left off. So we're, it's the same groups of people consistently that we're following, which is fine. And I think we're going to see it based on how the episode ended. We're going to see a shift, which I think is important because it's it's a war. We can't just see sort of like our, our heroes. Okay, they went in aggressive and boom, 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 boom. But let's not forget that Negan and Gabriel are in that trailer. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. still kind of going on like what's happening there i kind of miss michonne i haven't seen her in weeks <laughs> you know she hasn't really done anything my yet girl. yeah my girl i mean carol carol's my girl and i think we're gonna see some rambo carol next week so you know i'm looking forward to that there was some interesting moments in this episode and like i was telling you before it's like there were some moments that definitely made me laugh your shit weasel love interest i'm telling you like <laughs> my boy yeah. Your boy, that's your boy. He definitely, you know, interjects that levity in there. But there was, there were other moments that to me I found funny, even though I don't think that they were supposed to be funny. But they were funny just because in my mind I kind of anticipated it. So I was like, oh, yeah, call that. <laughs> <laughs> Things that Carol's, Carol finds funny, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so awful. Like I thought about it, I was like, is it wrong that I find this funny? Hmm. <laughs> but there but there were some interesting points and there were points that I didn't necessarily think about immediately at the time that I saw it and it wasn't until afterwards that I was like, oh, okay. Oh, it kind of gave me a little bit more insight as to maybe why certain things happened the way they did. But yeah. uh, and we'll get to it. But I mean again it's like one another one of those action packed episodes, but it's like I, I need to see the kind of give and take of war and I think we're gonna start to see that, you know. Yeah, so. yeah I think so too. Usually on the show, what they what they do often is they they have a story in one one episode, and then they'll flip back to something else completely to kind of throw you off. Right, right, right. Is that what you were talking about? Because that's what I was well, thinking yeah. when you said that. Yeah, but I mean, in this I think instance, that yeah, we in this haven't instance. done that at all since we started. And usually they do kind of switch gears to sort of kind of reset the table a little bit. Yeah, I remember one instance of that was even I mean I guess it was a couple of seasons ago because Glenn was still alive but when they did the whole Glenn fake out death dumpster episode yeah, the yeah. very episode after that was the Morgan origin story basically like here is not here with him and Eastman which was a mm -hmm. completely different direction so 
they usually like to kind of, you know, switch gears a little bit. And I've been kind of waiting for them to do that, especially with the whole Negan Gabriel thing. I'm like, these two are yep. in a trailer. <laughs> so I keep waiting yep. for us to have that episode. In my mind, I would love for them to take that episode. And it could be the Roman Catholic in me. But I'm like, take <laughs> but take that episode. I where this is going. <laughs> No, but it's like, take that episode and use it as Negan's opportunity to basically use his time with Father Gabriel as a sort of confessional and we get our Negan backstory. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just like, simply I, can't wait. <laughs> I, the, the, in my Maybe mind, this is Roman like, Catholic I, in the sense of like some sort of penance for you. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, in my mind, I see it like, okay, you guys are stuck in a trailer. You need to find a way to get out. Maybe you need Father Gabriel's help to kind of, you know, get yourself out of this situation. You talk to him because Negan's a very charming character. That's part of his thing. So it's like, maybe, he, you know, he talks to him, starts giving his backstory. So we kind of understand a little bit of where he came from. Personally, I don't think Father Gabriel's getting out of that situation alive regardless. But so far, it's been consistently like, these are the factions that we're focused on. And now the next episode is where they left off last time. And this next episode is where they left off last time. So it's it's been consistently that way for the next, for these past three episodes, actually. So it seems to me that it's going to be that way for the next episode as well. Yes. I just think the way Scott Gimple basically shaped out the next four episodes, the first four episodes of the season, basically. Right. And so, I think he mentioned that. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's fine with me, actually. In, in a way, this is kind of refreshing. I think we need some sort of just to get at least the, the first part of the war or whatever mm-hmm. this is going to be out of the way then they'll probably do some sort of reset they'll take it back you know because obviously time has passed since Negan mm-hmm. and, and Father Gabriel were in the trailer so right. we're going to probably apex somewhere along mm-hmm. the way maybe the sixth or seventh episode probably maybe that's episodes. what I'm anticipating yeah maybe I, three I really or four am. episodes kind of catch up with the first four I don't know who knows I've kind of come to the conclusion that we're not going to get to that episode until like the next to last episode <laughs> I, 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 I swear, in my mind, you. in my <laughs> mind, we're not getting to this. The, no, not the very end of the season, but like the mid-season. Oh. Let's say the mid-season oh, okay. premiere or the mid-season finale. The episode before that, just before and the, the li- mid-season finale. Okay, just before the mid-season finale, and the mid-season finale, Father Gabriel gets killed. In <laughs> my mind, so yeah, you're sure. Roman Catholic, but you're not that Roman Catholic. <laughs> uh, I think Father Gabriel's time's up. In my personal in opinion, my religious opinion. <laughs> in my religious opinion, I don't see how Father Gabriel's getting out of that. I just, I don't, I, I just don't. I could be wrong, but I just, uh, I don't have a good feeling about that one. Well, Carol, uh, good things come to those who wait. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Dad, give it to me now. <laughs> it's like, I want to see now. Inquiring minds want to know. Inquiring Carols want to know. Pretty much. Pretty much. As she chugs her beer. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long few days. It's oh, and it's been, a, it's been an episode, too. Yeah. Yeah. But there, like I said, there were points that I was very entertained by. And I like the fact that we started off pretty soon. I mean, well, they have been playing around a lot with time. Because they started showing like those kind of interjected pieces of the kingdom. Showing Ezekiel giving his speech, where they showed last time. And then they kind of showed them at different points so you kind of saw like okay well he's giving his speech then you kind of see other points where they're ambushing the saviors another point where you're given the illusion that they're being ambushed because they have their hands up as if they're being as if they're surrendering they've been playing a lot with that sort of stuff and then we ended up obviously continuing from where we left off with morales which how did you feel about that (laughs) interaction between rick and morales what was your thoughts oh well, I have a few. <laughs> you have a few on that, yeah. 
we're left with Morales basically radioing the saviors up. The right. first sound you hear is actually the saviors from the bottom radioing up saying that they're going up mm-hmm. to for backup, basically. Mm-hmm. So so we find out that's why they left the scene and they went upstairs. Like, oh, wait, they stopped firing. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, no, they're firing at somebody else. And so right. that's where we're left off. As I was watching this and as the scene closed, it's exactly as Morales says, you know, we're exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that's true. Right. But I think for all intents and purposes, for the past, at least the first episode and this episode, in writing and in dialogue, there was an attempt to actually bring out in the open the idea of Rick and crew being the same as the saviors. Right. And every time they bring that up, there's always something in the dialogue or in the attitude or in what we know about either of those things that actually doesn't debunk it but it also says there is a slight difference there is a tweak yeah there there is a tweak and i mean morales did bring up good points in the sense of saying like look if if it was the other way around and you were holding this gun right now i'd be dead already which is true and and that is true i mean just look at what happened to baby daddy yeah it, it is. It's. It's. It's true. Just that because is of truth. what they've both been through, I'm sure that Morales is broken. He is yes. broken. Rick is not yep. broken. That's no. what we know. We know yeah. that for sure. Morales is obviously off his crock. Yeah, you know, he's bought into the savior mentality. For all intents and purposes, we're seeing a repeating theme with Morales, as we've seen with Eugene. Eugene, I don't think is broken, no. but I do think that he's bought into the idea of purpose. Like I'm going to surrender my own will and my own desires to just survive to buy into the saviors. I I mean, literally, saviors, we're saving you. No, I agree. I, I think it's, you know, I, I think that kind of lends itself to the title of the of the episode being Monsters. I think even the episode where Tara and Heath, before Heath disappeared, they kind of were having a sort of similar ideological conversation in the RV, which was just what justifies what we're doing, essentially, right. in comparison to what these people are doing. And obviously, again, there are definite differences. Even though Negan has, let's say, the greater good in mind, in his mind in terms of having this sort of society that's built on rules and this is how we function the enforcing of said rules is where the problem comes in Whereas Rick has an understanding of everybody contribute and his version of what a society should be is very different from the way Negan feels a society should run and how it needs to be run. So, yes, similar, but not. (laughs) It's the approach. The Negan savior philosophy is literally there is no peace without us conquering all of our enemies, our factions or the various people. We will bring the the order. Whereas with Rick, it's more of a participation thing. If you opt in, we will create a fair society. We're not going to take over your life. We're not going to rule over you. It's not join us or die. And that's a huge distinction. Oh, yeah. The only people that they're trying to kill is the people that are trying to kill others in order to maintain order. Right. So that's that's a very interesting parallel. And that's that's the clear delineation between the two. Yeah, very much so. It's important to bear in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that the waters get muddy based on some of a darker Daryl behavior. <laughs> yeah. Actions speak louder than words, folks. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, obviously, Rick and Morales have their dialogue, and which I found very interesting when Rick started bringing up his past, when Morales started talking about the people that he lost. And he says, look, I lost Lori. And she, first of all, it was weird to hear their names. I was like, oh, my God, Lori and Shane and Dale and Glenn. Um, and, and Glenn. And I mean, it was just like, oh. Wow, that's right. All of these people, you know. Aren't you oh, glad he said those names though, too? Like just said them out loud. Even I Amanda. <laughs> I'm like everybody. Like just, just. Well, I, I was waiting for it. I mean, there were a lot of other names, but I mean, yeah. just. Wow. 
But it's the ones he knows, though, too. So let's give him that. Yeah, it has to be the ones that were part of his same group. And I think that he started to kind of listen to him a little bit when he started to say, like, look, he killed Glenn in front of his pregnant wife. That's the widow. That's yeah, the that's widow. The the, and you yes. know what he says? You remember what he says right after he says that? Oh, that well, about how they found them. How did they, they found each other in this? Yes. Was that, and this yeah. was the best. In yeah. This, in this shit. It, this is why I got broken. And these two yeah. people managed to find love. Yeah. In all this, these two people were able to find love. And that conversation gets cut short by Darker Daryl in this episode. Oh, yeah. I love the little reference to um, an officer friendly. Officer friendly. Them, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know who used to call him officer friendly? Merle used to call him oh, officer friendly. Gosh, good catch. And the funny thing was, and I didn't really pick up on this until afterwards, is the fact that when he kills Morales, first of all, that was the funny part that was not supposed to be funny, but I found to be funny. And the reason I personally like, found exactly, when he killed Like how he, he killed was Morales. killed. Well, because, well, it, for, I mean, it happened so quick and it was like, okay, well, there goes Morales. I mean, it was funny on different levels to me. Yeah, yeah, it was funny to me because it's like he was his much hyped, Morales is back, Morales is back. It was always his big joke and he's back and he was back for like 10 minutes before he was like killed off. And what was the and first second, thing that you said when it happened, by the way? <laughs> Well, when it happened, I was like, well, that's cold. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, damn, Daryl, that's cold. (laughs) But no, but then the thing was that like also just because of the fact that even before when the the previous episode ended and it's like, oh, Morales, I was like, isn't Daryl down the hall? I mean, like in my mind, I was like, okay, Daryl's going to come and basically cut this guy's throat from behind. Like in my mind, I was thinking, you know, this is what's going to happen. So when Daryl showed up and it was like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, he was down the hall. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah. You, did, you did call that. I was like, like this is going to happen. But the thing that I found interesting that I didn't pick him until afterwards, you know, Rick was like, oh, you, you don't know who he was? And he's like, yeah, I know exactly who that was. Right. And I forgot, but he was with T-Dog when they left Merle handcuffed on that roof. That's right. So I don't know if that was intentional, but he very well could have been like, yeah, I know exactly who he was, asshole. Like, he's like, yeah, no regrets whatsoever. I don't think that scene in the in the room that Daryl found with the dog food sandwich and the handcuffs, I don't think we should take that scene for granted because no, I no, think no. being reminded of that yes. really did something to him. I think something, I think, so. I think he went full Morgan. I think so. It, it is an interesting parallel because honestly, when they showed that scene last week, it did remind me of when Merle was handcuffed to the roof. Maybe I didn't mention it, but it's like it did kind of, it was like a floating thing that passed through my mind and I was just like, you know, I just brushed it off because I was like, well, he was also tortured and held in a room and made to eat dog food sandwiches so i was like maybe that's more what he's thinking of but when i kind of saw it it did remind me for a second of merle being handcuffed on the roof on the roof right good call and that's interesting it could all be related maybe not i don't know but it did trigger for sure it triggered something in his head because he just no regrets full steam of head that's it <laughs> yeah but there's something to that it, it's all the syncope mm-hmm. you, you have this conversation with morales and rick you have what rick did just beforehand freezing in his tracks realizing that he's now humanized this enemy and right i'm not saying that he's back as officer friendly let's just say right but what I am saying, he was faced with something, and then the whole discussion with Morales slowly kind of made him realize, oh my god, Morales could be right. right. However, I'm not broken, and I, I know myself enough to know that some of what he's saying is true, but on the other hand, I do have a moral center of some kind. Right. You know? Rick could have even stopped Daryl. Daryl ended him, and there's something right. about that. Basically, Daryl takes over Rick's bloodlust mm-hmm. where Rick left it in Gracie's room. And there's mm-hmm. something to that because it's the idea that something that we brought up in maybe the first two shows was that they want to head to tomorrow, but the show won't let them do that. 
you know, we're not done with you. The past is not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. And in order to get to tomorrow, you need to go through this because you're not right, done right. learning things. You know, you mm-hmm. need to get back to something that makes you learn from the past, right. but also picks up the wisdom you've gained in the future. Like, yes, I mean, you can't be naive. However, you do yeah. need some room yeah. you know, for some humanity. And that's what's been going on through all these scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, all these scenes with all these different people is the idea of humanity. And, you know, and how do some people like Jesus do it so well? And how does Morgan break? And how does mm-hmm. Daryl just lose it? Just, just yeah. no regard. Yeah. And he's handling a lot better than Morgan, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, I think that he is in a Morgan frame of mind where he's just on kind of automatic right now. And Morgan is still conflicted. Some people have very clear approaches. I mean, Jesus is very clear in there there has to be a better way. And and he does see the humanity in all of these people. And Tara is kind of of the Morgan mind frame where this is what should be done. She's not fully out executing the way Morgan was or Daryl. But she certainly leans more towards their mindset than Jesus for sure. Right, right. It's like this whole spectrum of humanity right now. And where we see everybody on that. And we see Maggie kind of floating around. But she's kind of choosing to err on the side of Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. It just uh, it again, so funny. the religion thing. Yeah. Again with the religion. I mean, listen, you have a character named Jesus. You've got another one named Ezekiel. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. I, I can just see Wesley Stipes going, always bet on Jesus. <laughs> so like Jesus. By head. Side note, Jesus is probably the most disappointing character for me, I gotta tell you. How strange is that? The, the one that has the humanity, the one that is really just moving through so effortlessly through this humanity thing, mm-hmm. kind of pisses you off a little bit too, because you don't know what to make of it in some ways. I don't know what to make of him exactly. And the thing is that I had a lot of high hopes for him because with the way they introduced him was as such a badass fighter, like in the initial oh, and episode. He so is, hello. And, and, and he is, but I don't feel like they utilize him to his full potential i keep waiting for some kind of breakout moment from him and i see glimpses of it here and there well and the problem is too that he's a huge character in the comics oh really huge. Okay. and That's so like he definitely isn't to that level on the show and i don't know if it's necessarily because you have such a character like daryl that is such a huge presence on the show and it would be mm. a bit of a conflict maybe i don't I know like daryl is anti-jesus well like way. I don't know if there's enough room for both of them. You know, he's he's okay, but he's just that. He's okay. But I guess he's kind of like the moral compass right now, in a way. He's he's trying to kind of keep everybody's eye on the prize. That, and, and he did bring up a good point. It's like, if when this battle is over, we're going to have to all coexist, which is true. Right, right. Very, this is why point. we're fighting, because there's a difference between being at war and being at peace. So after the whole scene with Morales, he goes down like a sack of potatoes, like they all do. They have a little shootout upstairs, those fire extinguishers. Nice use of the elevator shaft, I have to admit. Yes, I I, I did notice that, yeah. Right after that, Rick with the Polaroids, and it's now, it's like prominent and obvious, and you can't miss it. You can't miss it. These Polaroids. (laughs) this time. And he was writing a letter also. Yes, with the pictures enclosed, by the way. pictures enclosed. What are your thoughts? I'm sticking with what I said before. I think the notes are for Oceanside at least. I don't think they're for the Sanctuary. I don't think so either. I think it's either for the garbage people or for the Oceanside. I I would probably bet on Oceanside. I think they're way better fighters. They're organized. They do have a moral compass, whereas garbage people are just flotsam and jetsam in terms of their attitudes mentally. Exactly. (laughs) I don't trust a a group that doesn't know how to speak English. No, No, it just sounded really bad. No, no, no. There is no reason these people were probably like contributing members of 
society like what three years ago there's no reason why they don't have a grasp on the human language anymore that makes no sense whatsoever the human language yes because what i just said could be taken out of context if you just if you pay attention just, just, yeah, just i know people that don't speak I'm, english i'm saving you here <laughs> thank you for they, saving they, they're talking alien talk and it makes no sense whatsoever i'm still i i want to understand where that came from because it's like i told you before it's like ape serves no purpose for them to talk that way none no it's, it's not a, it's not a coded language that only they understand i would respect that right. you know i'd say like oh wow that's cool like only they have that language and they know it's each other because of that Okay, I, I would get that. What if these people were LARPers? You know, live action That's role players? That is exactly what I heard somebody <laughs> say. It's like, what if these people were LARPing and they just stayed in character? Yeah. <laughs> they were on their I way to some convention. I don't know what they're playing. They're probably playing <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever? Oh my god, I, I'm showing my geek. I actually read the Vampire the Masquerade manual when I was in college. Oh it's fascinating, but I never LARPed. It's just like, no. really no, into I, these plans. No, but these there are some people who are. Like, I heard somebody say, like, what if these people were like on their way to some convention or something and they were LARPing and they just decided to stay in character? They're all dressed out in like hot topic attire. They all, they all look the same. Like, how does that happen? I, I sh- yeah <laughs> we'll get to them eventually i'm sure you know what i hope we don't <laughs> i i, I know i'm not a fan, i'm not a fan of the garbage people I'm, I'm not but i know that they're gonna come up at some point you know if they do i think after the fan reaction i hope they do in a very humorous way rather than the way they did it before it was kind of not dark it was a little funny but it was also kind of like what are these yeah. people gonna do next you know yeah. i was freaking danger and he kind of was like i'd rather than be just ridiculous like gregory yeah, fodder uh, well that's what i'm saying it's like they should just embrace it full on just kind of like look you know that the these people are ridiculous exactly it's like you know these people are ridiculous let's just go full till just a hundred percent everybody looks at this like you know this is the most outlandish group ever this makes no sense yeah i wouldn't mind both you know i wouldn't mind a little badassery and like yeah. a little bit of crazy ridiculous it's humorous to us but they take it seriously but it's just so stupid but i that i don't mind i've you know? heard people say that they would just love for like rick and company just to have a conversation and just acknowledge that they're weird as hell they didn't really regard them as very ridiculous. They really took them quite seriously. At least just acknowledge the fact, like, these people are weird as hell. <laughs> just just some sort of acknowledgement of it, I think, would go a long way. <laughs> I think so, too. Moving that aside, <laughs> I could spend a whole show on this. Yeah. No, I can't. I really, I would probably shoot myself. That would be the end of Squawking Dead, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but I don't want to forget. Baby Gracie was handed oh, yes, over yes. to was that Aaron. First or was that last? Yeah, you're right. Now, that is Chekhov's baby. That baby is going to come up in the future some way, shape, or form. I don't know if she's the future John Connor of, like, the apocalypse. I don't know. <laughs> that baby? She said Judith was John Connor last one week. Of them, one of them is John Connor. I don't know which dun, one dun, it is. Dun, dun, dun. One of them is this whole story is the rise of one of them to Gracie or Judith. I've just I've decided a lot of things tonight. But that's that is that baby's coming up. That baby is definitely if you wanna live. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. So I just didn't want to get past the fact that that baby is still alive and was taken. Okay, no, I was I was going to say, what if the girl from the Flash Four was Gracie, not Judith? But yeah. no, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. That 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 would but, break my soul. But, but no, I think they call her Judith. I don't know. 
I need to rewatch it and see because I don't know if they ever referred to the little girl by her name. I think they did. I think they did. I'm, I'm the, like eh, like 80% sure, 85. No, a lot of people say that it's the same bunny that the girl has in her hand. Stop it. Yes. Because I, I looked at it and it's true. The, there's a bunny in the crib that where Gracie's in and that little girl is holding the same bunny. What if they call Gracie Judith? <laughs> So and it I, makes sense, though, if you think about it. It, sh- it was Shane's baby, so... Uh, <laughs> she can exit stage, right? No, 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 no. I, 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 was, I, I saw that and I was like, it is. it could be Gracie, but I'm like, are we, are we going to kill children again? Are we going to oh. go there? <laughs> like, I mean, it is war, but I'm like, oh, God, no, please don't. So, I, I mean, I'm so glad I don't know. we got here, by the way, but I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know how, wow. I'm just, I'm just glad we got here, but it's also mind blowing. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I was just like, no. But then I was like, it, it is the same rabbit. It is the same toy. Yeah. Okay. All right. What okay. that means, who knows? Oh, boy. That baby is coming up again. How do we go back to work or toddy? <laughs> We just now I don't care I, about it. I just I, want to talk about this, but I, I know. I know. Oh man, that's heavy. It is heavy. It's deep. Oh man, it's like Rick facing the possibility of losing Carl and biting off the uh, Vato's ear or whatever. No, it wasn't the Vato's. What are the guys? The motorcycle guys. Like that yeah. moment. Yes, yes. That was. But I don't. That was. That was intense. But that's that, was that intense level of intense. That like yes. heavy. Like what happens now? Just right before it happens, they're about to kill your kid. That heavy feeling. Yeah, you know? I mean maybe that lends itself to that flash forward where you see his eyes all red and he says the whole may my mercy prevail over my wrath I don't know wow maybe oh. well so yeah worker Todd <laughs> so back to worker Todd yes I just, Poor the, worker that Todd. whole scene just solidifies the whole Daryl yes being on automatic kill yes. yeah and Rick's reaction to that was like Rick's re- I was gonna say his reaction he was very taken aback by it and he was very disturbed like you could tell it's not how he wanted things to go like he really did mean his word with worker Todd he would let he would have let him go yeah, and I think he would have said something very differently if he didn't really mean it yeah like he said you're yeah. you're dead your days are numbered <laughs> You better run, or like even like you better run now. He gave him a chance to actually get away, and yeah. So uh, that was I was like, damn, Daryl, that was cold. That was cold. That's cold. That's cold, Daryl. And I was just like, wow. I was like, well, Daryl is definitely in a certain headspace right now. Clearly, yeah. While we were talking about Morales, and you were bringing up the people that we lost along the way, and then Glenn and his philosophy, and then I was just thinking of something of Daryl and Aaron's outings to try to recruit people. Think about that for a minute think of where daryl was trying to reach beforehand and how he got here and what the saviors took from him yeah because i i was gonna say it's like daryl always has had good intentions for the most part he's rough around the edges not always (laughs) but (laughs) yeah i know he's rough around but even if you think going back to like season two or whatever and you know looking for sophia he was out there trying to find her you know and and he was the one who was there to console carol when obviously she she, she turned into a walker and they had to kill her. So I think he's always had good intentions. He's always been a little rough around the edges. But, you know, when he, like how you mentioned, when Aaron was scouting and he was out there and, and he wanted to help and assist wherever he could. 
good. And I think in general, like he's misunderstood and I sound, I sound like these women that love him. He's just misunderstood. But no, like he's, his character is, is a little misunderstood and what have you, but he has good intentions, generally speaking. Yeah. In the past, he may not have known exactly what to do, but there's But it's always not that, coming that from sense. a malicious place. It's not coming yeah. from, from an evil place to try and hurt others. Like that's Doesn't never mean he's not been, a dick. No. Still, but no yeah. one's saying that. <laughs> but he's not doing things with like an evil intention behind right, it. I've right. never seen that from his character. Whereas now he's just sort of like, nope. But I, at the same time, I still think that in his mind, he feels completely justified. Right, he's, they gotta he go. Feels justified. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole attitude. They yeah, gotta go. And that's basically what Rick said. I mean, what did Rick say to Morgan in that flashback, you know, in the church? There's yeah. no other way. Yeah, he said that there was no other way around it. I'm not, I'm split on the whole idea of him seeing the room and seeing what he was reminded of what they did. And it could be just limited to saviors, for all we know. And that's I, fine with me, yeah, but... Yeah, I think it is limited to saviors because he hasn't really, I haven't really seen... I I think the thing is also with Daryl, he's loyal as hell. He is, he is very, very, very loyal. So That's a very good point. If Rick says this is what has to be done, no questions asked that's it that's what no we're months. doing yep. it's it. done it's done now it's that Rick is questioning his original mindset with this but Daryl's bought into it and is fully on board <laughs> he's yep this is what we need to do absolutely see and I think the original intent of this this war was to actually set the table for peace to, di- to disrupt the saviors not to destroy them I'm not sure that with all the conversations between him and Michonne the idea of the future I don't know how committed Rick was to that original plan I mean look he had a hard time pulling a away from shooting Negan. It's not right. part of the plan. Yeah. You can tell there's a struggle there. Whereas he may not have thought he had that struggle at first. The idea of him being a good person and sticking to the plan, but he didn't know how far his bloodlust or his, his desire to survive went. He's trying to test himself and see if he can commit to his own words basically. Mm-hmm. The idea of peace. The idea of breaking the saviors down without destroying them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. The matter is settled. The matter is settled. <laughs> So I do want to focus a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit, because I think it bears just bringing it up, is the death of Eric. I love the scene. It's so sweet. I agree. I thought it was actually a very well done scene. And I think most people did not have, obviously, a a great deal of attachment to Eric. And I think we all kind of saw this coming for some time. So, like, we kind of... Not all of us. (laughs) Well, I did. I was like, oh, this guy's getting too much screen time. We all know what that means. This is why I love, I love having this thing with you. <laughs> but it's true. Every time people start getting some screen time, I'm like, oh, boy. He's chewing the screen. Just, just put him out of his misery. Here we go. Here it comes. So I, I was I was waiting for this. But I think that the way they did it was very, very well done. And the scene yeah. when he comes back to the tree, you see it's all bloody and he sees him kinda of walking away about to join this herd. In I thought that was very too. I thought it was a really well shot scene and I thought it was really effective. Yeah, for sure. they are not there sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's not him anymore. Like that's right. not and I, and I think he I think the other Alexandrian that was with him, he said it's like that's not him. Yeah. He he, he said like Aaron's he's like right there. He's right yeah. there he's, yeah. he's not it's like that's not him and and <sighs> it's true so i i thought that was tough and i but i feel like it was done really well they did a really good job yeah i even i even heard the line that he said uh i always had a hunch that was a callback the first time you actually see them together you see eric recovering in the bed i think it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, that's right and aaron actually talks about 
the the time he first asked him out or went out on a date you know like i loved you back then he goes i always had a hunch i was searching for comics panels for our graphics and logos and stuff and i i I stumbled upon an analysis of because it had a panel in it so i clicked the image i saw the page and they said well see what happened with eric was he was actually supposed to die you know shot straight in the head there was not supposed to be a goodbye i'm like oh man yeah i mean um, it makes sense in a way but i I do like the show that the show gave the time to say goodbye and i feel like the show was like the second opportunity for them to kind of do it right if they feel that you know what this character didn't get to die the way that perhaps they should have had the opportunity to because that's what happened with abraham abraham's death was the denise death the way denise died in the on the show where she got the arrow through the eye that was originally how abraham was supposed to die but i think that what kirkman and gimbal said was that they felt that it wasn't fair to abraham to die like that because it just was so sudden because the denise death was super shocking and, and sudden when it happened i was like oh my gosh what just happened right and right they they felt that it, it wouldn't serve justice to abraham that was such a brave kind of big presence that it, it would have been it just Snuffed wouldn't have done him yeah, yeah it yeah. wouldn't have done him justice they they do do that sometimes to take the opportunity to redo it in a way that might be better suited to the character it's like what you said about rick's hand you know if, i feel like this whole show is about fixing regrets <laughs> From the comic. <laughs> That's the show. We're, we're just going over it again. We're, we're, like, just, um, we're gonna get it right name? this time. <laughs> like George Lucas, you know, remastering Star Wars three or four times. Exactly. <laughs> except like, like, gonna... like taking whole characters in and putting more characters in, taking some out. Yeah. Giving I mean, Boba Fett more screen time. But that's why I knew that Abraham's days were numbered because I knew that he was supposed to get the Denise death. So I knew that Abraham doesn't have too much longer to live because Abraham should be dead already. So, yeah. But but at the same time, that's not a guarantee of anything because Carol is still very much alive and Carol died a long time ago in the comics. Same thing with Morgan. Morgan died a long time ago in the comics. But he's still alive, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But they do. maybe this is uh, Kirkman's alternative timeline, alternative like time another line. dimension where certain people. I think ultimately what happens is the same, but time kind of catches up with them, and they die in different ways. So you know, it could be everybody dies. That's the end of the story. The Walking Dead Earth Two. So the only yeah. survivors, Gracie and Judith, <laughs> John Connor and John, Jim Connor, John Connor. I'm telling you, we have a backup just in case. So, we got there two baby go. girls, you know, two for the price of one. Two baby girls leading uh, the free world. Right. Uh, saving the planet. Saving the planet. <laughs> I can't get out of this accent. <laughs> telling you this whole I'm, i still stand by this whole sh- this whole series is about judith i'm so sticking with it this whole series is about judith judith or gracie make up your mind judith or gracie at this point one of those babies it's dracy oh. that's what it is <laughs> oh my no words. mark my words okay well i think it's time to move on to head over to, to jesus and friends <laughs> Yes. And the caravan. The caravan of prisoners. The savior parade. Yes. I, I, I really would have wanted Morgan just to shoot Jared. Like just 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 kinda do it. Just just do it already. But um yeah, so we're in this situation and they're kind of just leading these prisoners and they're all tied up and I don't think that they necessarily thought too far ahead of what necessarily to do with these prisoners. But Jesus kinda said it. He's like, Oh, you know, Maggie'll know what to do. We're gonna bring him to the hilltop and Maggie'll know what to do. I'm like, like the Wizard of Oz, right? At Hilltop. Yeah. I was like, the wizard okay. will know what to do. I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess we'll see. But then obviously, you know, these zombies come, you, you have this situation and you've got Jared's chain gang. 
that scurries into the woods and Morgan chases after him and he executes right. one guy. He does kill one of them yeah, for sure. Yeah, he does. And then he was going to kill them all before basically oh, Jesus I think he was trying up. to kill Jared particularly. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure he that's the one he wanted to go for. But then Jesus shows up and they have this sort of ninja samurai altercation <laughs> that is what I called it oh, personally. Yeah. It was very ninja versus samurai. <laughs> I was thinking more kung fu versus yeah, um, kung fu. Samurai. samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Let's let's talk about the fight scene really quick because it kind of speaks for itself. The choreography is mm-hmm. is just so great. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know good. what training yeah. Tom Payne has. I, I think that he's he says that he has he's had to kind of extensively train for a lot of these scenes. I was really hoping for more of these kind of scenes from the Jesus character because there are a lot of them in the comic. So that kind of scene is been sort of what I've been waiting for and I feel like like I said we get glimpses here and there but I would like to see more of that well we got it we, we got a lot of it it was yes. so fucking great mm-hmm Oh my god. But what I loved about that too was Morgan's dialogue because I love when he said, I may not be all right, but I'm not wrong. And that yeah. I think is perfect. I mean, yes, he's he's acknowledging, you know, I may not be all right in the head. I, I I know I've got stuff going on in here, but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily wrong. Right. And it's true. And and Tara even said it. She's like, No, Morgan, you're right. It is true. That statement to me was <sighs> mind blown yeah and it, it, it kind of speaks to their situation right now i mean they wouldn't be wrong in killing them all but no. jesus does say that there's a difference between killing people and then executing them and executing them yeah so there it's is true. a distinction and morgan even says i have you know i've executed people and he has yeah, and he you has know? what we're specifically talking about is benjamin right you're I actually right. reanalyzed that scene and i was realizing that we have some of those key people um like I, I I knew I saw Gavin before, and that was because of the the kingdom pickups, yep. and we and, and I was like I knew I saw Jared before. Oh yeah, he was at the pickups too, mm-hmm. and that's why this comes kind of full circle because basically the kingdom ends up running into yes. um, Gavin's facility. Going back to Morgan and Jesus, the whole idea of execution, and then Jesus's war and peace thing. You know, the the difference is is because now we're at war, but we have to plan for when we're at peace. In order to do that, we have to kind of stick to the plan. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's what we're fighting for, how to deal with everybody during peacetime. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. It's really, really annoying to have to really concede to Jesus's point because part of us just wants the saviors to be gone. And right. I think it kind of speaks to oddly what's I don't want to get political, but it speaks mm-hmm. a lot to what's going on today. I mean, we have people that cannot live with other people's opinions even. Right. And it's just yeah. this weird thing where all these people need to go away. <laughs> It's like, well, they're not. And if you try to make them, they're just going to come back stronger. You know? Yeah. We have to find a way to coexist. Yeah. Well, we have to learn to accept each other's opinions without violence. And so that's a big thing. It's the idea of it being annoying. You know, as annoying as it is, Jesus ain't wrong. Let's listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. What would Jesus do? Yeah. We don't execute. And then Morris says, I have. Ah, It's crazy. Yeah. No, that that was very (sighs) intense. That was pretty crazy. Tara is still as heartless as ever. Yeah, Tara's that whole um, pantomime thing with the gun was like. Yeah, that was kind of dark. I was like, "Jeez, Tara." 
I rewatched I mean, that scene too, by the way. Jesus is calming down Morgan and she reacted to that. And again, I think maybe now that I'm seeing that pantomime of her shooting the gun at the Saviors, I do think that was an actress flub or something. Like that was just the scene where she just wasn't in the moment or something. What do you think is going to happen to Tara though? I mean, not from comic knowledge or anything like that, but just... No, I don't because I, I don't recollect too much about her because I think she's another one that's kind of like a, not necessarily directly derived from the comics. So mm. there isn't too much to go off of from her. But I don't know where they, where they could go with Tara, to be honest. I mean, she just seems fully hell-bent on, like, this is how it needs to be. And part of me just thinks, like, well, there are going to be casualties, and she may end up being one of them. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. She, 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 might, she might be one to go. But, I mean, she's essentially in the same place that Daryl is in right now. So I don't know necessarily where that leaves them, I, I guess. I wouldn't see the same the same place they're not the same but yeah they're, they're not to the same level but she just seems very much convinced of like like on board yeah she's yeah. on board one more thing that morgan says is he just kind of mutters this a little bit because once you turn we're all the same and it kind of heads back to the conversation with morales and rick yeah you know it once does. You turn, and it's this idea of walkers it's i even made a notation about morales he's like the very definition of the walking dead he's surrendering himself to this yeah. just this being a mindless nothing yeah you know you're pawn for somebody exactly. else and morgan kind of echoes that when he says that it's, it's once you turn to this dark side once you you relinquish your humanity yeah it, it just makes you all the same what makes you different from from this and that and then jesus does respond it heeds back to the whole idea of the last few episodes it's this what makes us different and then the show actually responds well in this case jesus actually responds you know we're fighting for this kind of peace right. to be able to live with each other in peace we have to kind of do the hard work of, of, of possibly putting us at risk but at the same time the reward is that there'll be a, a more of a long-term success in yeah. terms of living with each other yeah. so that is brilliant though as annoying as it is in life and in the show i think that's very important and i think that's something that the watchers really need to kind of watch out for there is something to it and i find it very beautiful it's I, weird yeah. it's weird it's, it's it's very interesting and it's a very interesting concept and it's a question of ethics so It'll be interesting to see what kind of resolution they eventually come to among oh, all this. So. That's what I'm hungry for. <laughs> like, I can wait yeah. for Negan. I can wait because that's the little peanut butter cup treat that I get at the end of my meal. You know, so <laughs> I'm just waiting for the next course, baby. And, yeah, uh, that's a good analogy. It's a good yeah. analogy. <laughs> in the chamber. <laughs> I wonder when we'll get to that conclusion, though. I don't know when we're going to get to it. By the way, this is a perfect opportunity to bring up my boyfriend. <laughs> My boyfriend Gregory. <laughs> that was yeah. This this was the other comical part and legitimate comical part. Intentionally oh, comical. How much do we need that, by the way? It was necessary. It was necessary. But no, <laughs> it not was even necessary. Gregory. It, Gregory wasn't oh, necessarily really. even my favorite part of that exchange. My favorite part of that exchange is that he mentions Cal and Cal's like, "Hey, what the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> I was exactly. like. <laughs> Like all these little things that annoy you, but also kind of work. And then the whole cow thing kind of just, it's like the punchline. Exactly. Sorghum pancakes. I didn't eat the pancakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole thing was just hilarious. Oh, man. So oh, I'm man. glad. I'm glad but, that so, they, they put that in there. One thing I did like was that among his qualities of being charming, he just, and talk about bringing it to today's times, Gregory is the politician oh, yeah. archetype. It's this oh, weird I thing of, I can project this other image of myself that is more palatable that you would vote for oh, have yeah. you no mercy 
Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. That'd he's, be no hard. He's super grimy and just <laughs> weasley and just groveling and Maggie lets him in. If you really think about Maggie's character, she's had a chance to work with Deanna. She was a somewhat of a politician. Oh no, she was a politician, wasn't she? She was a, po- she was a politician. You know, so she knows who she's dealing with, you know. It's, it, she was kind of like the um intern or the uh, yeah. the staffer. You know, she at was. the yeah, yeah. So she she knows the type of person that is a politician, and she knows that other people have done it better. And I think that she thinks that I can handle this guy. I know the way they talk. I know what I'm dealing with. And now that I know what I'm dealing with, right. I can find a way to control him because she's been there before. She's manipulated yeah. Gregory before. I think that she knows what to, what she's dealing with when it comes to him. So I think that she feels like he's slimy, but he's not a risk. Like she she doesn't feel threatened by him. No. He said something, and I don't really know how to take it. Maybe you can help me out here. He says Negan already knew everything. Right. Did you catch that? Yes. Uh, Is this I like mean, the Droopy Walker thing from last episode, I, where we just kind of write that what, what he said off? I kind of the only thing I could figure was that it was like the whole garbage people thing. In my mind, I assume like the garbage people had already been kind of in cahoots with them, so maybe that's what he meant. Like he already knew because he was already kind of partnered up with them. But at the same time, it brings up an in- interesting point. Maybe it's maybe it's not that. Maybe he maybe it was meant to kind of say that there's a mole potentially because when Worker Todd tells them that they. Move moves all the heavy artillery that was indeed there. As Dwight said, Dwight was right. Right, um, Dwight didn't fuck them. No, yep. he, he did not. It was there, but they moved it to Gavin's outpost. And I don't recall if they said why or whatever, but basically the order was to move it to Gavin's outpost. So is there a mole that's feeding information to Negan? Like, hey, they're planning this attack. They're going to come here. It's like, all right, well, we got to move this stuff over here. And his comment about like, oh, well, Negan already knew everything. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it is does mean more maybe it does mean that there is potentially a mole among the group that's feeding this information and you know at the end of the day he could have just been lying we don't even know i don't know if he he would but then again it's gregory so who knows it's gregory i mean take it with take it with a pinch of salt that is like the the logo of the show gregory at the gate you know with his hands up like that's gregory and then cue the logo and the cheesy theme music i was listening to like somebody that said that that whole scene with gregory they should have been playing the curb your enthusiasm music (laughs) (laughs) i was like that is so true i told him to oil the door Do the credits. Do the credits. Super appropriate. Uh, Well, that actually brings us to Jesus at the gate with the saviors because we kind of sync up there. And uh, and Morgan is not with them. Morgan went off in the woods. We don't know where Morgan went. Yeah, he literally says, uh, I can't be a part of this and leaves, which I personally think if we have any hope of bringing back Morgan in any sort of, not sane way, but his humanity back, I think he's right. And I think he knows he's right. I think this is too much for him. It's like a person admitting that this is beyond him, that he was not right to begin with. He's doing him. When he snapped out of it, I think he realized that, oh, this is triggering my PTSD. It's just not good for me. I need to kind of recenter. Yeah, it's very true. Jesus basically says... I can't let we can't let the saviors go and we can't kill them. You know, what do you make of that? I mean he put Maggie on the spot. Yeah, I know I mean, you have what, feelings. What do you- 
Like, what are you going to do? It really kind of forces her hand to basically kind of have no other option. I mean, and I understand where he's coming from. You have these people that have surrendered. They're tied up pretty freaking dark to execute these people. It's a fine line. It's it's hard. But at the same time, like Maggie said, it's like there are women and, and children and, and people in here. I don't know. It's almost kind of like people who were in jail and released from jail or whatever. And people don't want them, you know, anywhere near them. And again, it's the ethical questions here. So I think the conclusion that they come to is I think what they're going to be in a trailer or something. They're yeah. just going to have them kind of like secured there until. But I don't well, know until they I figure out what to do. do. Yeah. But I don't even know what 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 do you do in that situation? That's I mean, a good like, question. I, I don't think that executing these people is ethical at all. I, I don't think it's I, even I, productive. You know? No, and I don't think it, exactly. Like I don't necessarily feel like that solves anything because at the end of the day, all these people bow down to Negan because that's their boss and this is the person who provides for them and protects for them and this is the society that they're in but if Negan falls the whole operation starts to fall apart you want the top guy all these people are collateral damage like they're they're not part of the problem really I mean there's symptoms of the problem but it's all coming from your head guy that's who you need to go for and I think Rick kind of understands that to an extent when in the first episode he tells him it's like look you still have a chance you still have a chance to surrender I just want Negan because yeah you just need him you don't need everybody else not everybody else needs to be executed you need right to... in terms of killing somebody you just need negan is you what you're saying yeah exactly so to execute these prisoners it would be really really dark as hell so yeah i think i think you have two things here too you can compare this easily to saddam hussein and gaddafi it's the idea that okay you can take out the leader but you have to be responsible for what happens afterwards you can't just right. do that and walk away because it's something i said in the first episode there'd be a power vacuum there would be people trying to climb on top of the other and then people would die in the process not that we're saying any of this from experience right who are these magical weird made-up names that i just these these situations happen really no No, way i just read it in a fan fiction of some kind like alternative universe oh this is the walking dead in the middle east but anyway (laughs) it's the idea that we know what happens i feel like kirkman and gimple they're basically giving the world a roadmap of how to take out a dictator right (laughs) the u.s could learn from the walking dead here you know you gotta you gotta basically ease all people even really unsavory people into the idea you gotta break their spirit enough so that they can accept what you're gonna give them i feel feel like i've gone really dark here i'm sorry we're talking about people being executed i mean it's it's not the most light-hearted show no but i just got a little too real so i kind of took it out the show yeah i kind of yeah but it is the truth it it It, is true and that is essentially how they're kind of trying to approach this you have to kind of break them but you also have to kind of make them see your side of it and say like look this is what we can offer this is what we want to do and get them on your side because it's it's kind of like what they were saying before at some point when this is all said and done and the dust settles everybody's going to have to coexist and you want those people to be part of wanting to be on your side to contribute to this new society rather than just killing them because these could be productive members of society right i mean and you want the foundations you want the pillars in place eggs are going to be broken but at the same time if you have enough of an infrastructure and a foundation for peace core principles that they're not willing to violate 
say that's a good start. That's a good ethical start saying, hey, you know what? They could have slaughtered us. We have to keep in mind one important thing. The saviors that they're taking, they didn't take them by force. I mean, not necessarily. They surrendered willingly. They surrendered willingly. These people did not put up a fight. That's a remind everybody of These people did not put up a fight. They surrendered their weapons willingly. So to execute these people that willingly surrendered didn't put up a fight. To say it's unethical is to say the least. And it's pretty dark crap, man. But at the same time, I understand. It's like you have to be cautious because you don't know necessarily what these people are capable of. You don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. May my mercy prevail over my wrath. Yeah, here we go again with the with the mercy. And here it is. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I can't hear whistling without thinking about that now. I'm like, oh god. Well, I'm trying to set the stage for the whole kingdom transition, the whole segue. <sighs> Because I like that we brought up the kingdom's victories, basically. I mean, there was the pincer move. It, you mentioned it in the beginning, obviously. They you know, had a small little party in the middle, surrendering. Yeah. And then you had the people on the sides taking them out. And then you had yeah. the storehouse lookouts that they took out. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Just knock them down like bowling pins, take their place. Yeah. And I, mean, and I love their third strategy, just hiding while the reinforcements arrive. They were very well thought out, very strategic. But they were so cocky and so confident that I, I knew this this was going to go bad. <laughs> <laughs> just knew I was like there and especially when they kept saying like not one in our rank not one I'm like oh please don't say that I think please. he was also amazed you know you could see him struggling to smile also uh-huh, like, yeah. he was struggling at specific points it, it all Even kind he of believes it's too too good to be true is what I'm saying it all came together in connection to the Daryl Rick scene when the worker Todd tells him all the artillery got moved to Gavin's outpost and then we cut yep. to that final scene with the kingdom and I was like oh this is Gavin's outpost oh no <laughs> And they get mowed down. One thing to keep in mind about that, though, is right beforehand... I know, they jump on the king. Jerry No, no, no. no. Before that, even. Mm -hmm. Recall that Carol and a couple of people were sent to sweep the compound. So you know that there's a a nice chunk of people that weren't part of that firefight, even. Yes, correct. Yeah, Carol and some people did go to that compound to, to clear it. So they did manage to kind of squeak out just before the firefight started. But definitely... They're going to lose a good chunk of people, unfortunately, which... I think we're going to start to see some of not major characters, but some of the more some of the more prevailing characters start to kind of fall away. I think it's going to I think it's going to start to happen. Not necessarily, obviously, with your A level characters. But you're but thinking maybe, Jerry is what you're saying. I hope to God not, because I will I, I will be livid if that happens. I don't think that he's being killed off yet. <laughs> I think, but I think that he will be killed off this season. But not uh, necessarily in this battle. Okay. Wow, that would be that would be rough. But it I did be. notice that he wasn't part of the Protect the King crew. Who, wow, the special effects on that were very bloody. Yeah. Those yeah, are heavy they, weapons. I, I know. It was far away, too, if you notice. It, they just were the, it, it was that accurate. Yeah, they were off. But the thing is that it looked like they were stationed kind of like in a tower, right? So they kind of had a nice vantage point. And they were kind of in an open field, too. I mean, they were just sort of like... Sort of, yeah, ex- sort of. Just exposed for the most part, not really hiding. So it's like they, they basically kind of had a clear shot and were waiting for them. So ugh. Oh, man. Let's keep an open mind here. I'm sure that there's a nice tiny handful of people that are for sure dead I think it's not going to be as bad as we think it is I mean it's bad it's bad let's make no mistake it's bad but I think there's still a chance but I think that this is going to be the point that it's going to kind of turn yeah I think that this is where the 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 tide's going to turn a little bit because I mean it is going to be an ebb and flow 
I mean, I, I said this from the beginning. This is a war. So there's going to be battles and there's going to be some kind of movement where so you're going to go forward and then you're going to have to retreat and you're going to, there's going to be this sort of back and forth. And this is going to be basically the savior's point to kind of push back a little bit. There is going to be this back and forth, I'm sure. And here is where it, it's happening, it seems. Yeah. So in the sneak peek for the next episode, it does look like Carol is found out. She has her hands yeah. up. Yeah. It does look like it. You may be right about that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't think that Carol's dying yet. Carol is. No, I don't think so either. But But it it, it goes the idea of it, things turning just a bit. Yes, I definitely think things are turning for sure. But Carol's scrappy. (laughs) I think think that she will get out of it. I think a lot of people from the kingdom are not going to make it through. Some will, some won't. I don't know if Shiva's making it. (laughs) I don't think. I don't know if she was going to make through. I mean, they're not going to keep CGI in this bitch for like how many episodes? That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Like they're not the dollars. Keep... I mean, they, yeah, they, they have the, the dollars. Like, it's like AMC is like the guy at the strip club. Just making it rain. Making it what was rain. it when they, when they flip the dollar bills off their palm? I forget what that's making called. It, it's either you have it right. You got it just right. Making it rain. Yeah, I mean, they, that's, their, they... that's their bitch right there. For all, uh, all the things that are going on, for the way things are turning, I mean, some things are turning up and some things are kind of going down, at least on the show. They couldn't have left things at a better spot, too, just to kind of illustrate the fact that these four episodes are just going to be back-to-back insanity. And it yeah. certainly shows in the actors' faces, because yes. if you're paying attention to any of the any of the Talking Dead stuff, it, it literally, they shot these four episodes in just, just only a little over a week. Right, you know? yeah. So they had, to, yeah. they had to keep going and going and going. Yeah. It, no, kind of amazing. Yeah. No, it's pretty impressive, and yeah, very intense. So it seems like this this next episode is going to pick up where this one left off. So we'll get to see that scene that they showed in the trailer with Carol in this sort of facility. It looked like a lab. Well, I'm on edge. Anything with a lab is kind of creepy. So we'll see. Oh, it's like the CDC all over again. <laughs> CDC all over again, pretty well, much. With, I think with that, uh, we can safely end the show off cleanly. Yes. Uh, with no loose ends that I, I regret having not mentioned in the last shows or anything like that. I always think of something else to say afterwards you know like oh i wish i'd said this in the show oh like i thought of so many things but i think i think we got it covered i mean especially with all the cliffhangers and we're kind of just aching to see the next episode which is it's refreshing too and it's one thing in the last season or two where okay yeah there's some cliffhangers but like i I can wait this episode was a lot it was heavy it was slow paced you know what i mean these are fast paced cliffhangers that are tying into each other each of the facts that come out in the next episode weave in a little bit more to the overall story weave in a little bit more we're no noticing things they're starting to connect yeah. and so this is the kind of cliffhanger that keeps me hanging on to the next episode like now i'm i'm craving and you, you just want to get to that trailer with uh, negan and father gabriel but i go oh, wait for that but it's the other stuff it's just like what do we do with the saviors that we caught oh you know it's the, you know what happens to morgan you know is, is rick gonna have to talk to daryl it's all these yeah. things there's that are coming lot. to a head there's a lot of things that are going to come up and i think that gavin is going to play a factor in things because i feel that he's very much kind of similar to dwight i don't get the impression that he is sort of like a diehard I am Negan type of guy. So I could definitely see him being sort of a potential sort of ally, perhaps. I don't know. Hmm. But he definitely does not strike me as somebody who is just evil for the sake of being evil. I think that he's kind of there because of a lot of other people. Like, okay, this, this works for me. I'll do it. Fine. But 
I think that he could be persuaded. So, I mean, this was the guy that was like, whoa, 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 can we take a time out? Yeah. <laughs> Rick showed yeah. up at the door. So well, even like, in the pickup, like the, the kingdom yeah, pickups. The, he was amenable to a point. Yes. I think that he kind of just looks at this as like his job. This is my job. This is what I have to do. And he gets my boss. But by no means is he buying into it completely. He does it because he has to do it. So I'd be curious to see how he factors in into this whole thing. So Wait. because that is that is his outpost yeah, where that I'm, artillery I'm, is. Yeah, and I'm not quite I'm not quite on board with what you're saying in terms of, of being persuaded. I think he's amenable to the New World Order. I don't think that he would be persuaded. I mean, the way I think of Gavin is imagine Simon uh-huh. without a backbone. Yeah. He'll get others to do things. Be like, ah, oh, why'd you like kind of? Uh, why do you have to make me do this sort of thing? Like, where Simon's kind of like, well, you know what that means. There's just a different attitude. It's like. Uh, I really don't yeah. want to do this. I, I was kind of hoping right. things would go smoothly. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'm just hopeful. Like I said, right before the midseason finale, that's going to be our Father Gabriel Negan scene. Mark my words. Where's, mm. What's coming up? Episode four? How many episodes do we have before? What is it? Eight episodes for like uh, this? Uh... Quite possibly. I mean, it would make it would be congruent with what we've seen. Eight episodes so, for midseason. Assuming eight episodes, episode seven. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. Half a pound minus one ounce. Everybody, with that, can't wait for the next episode, and I hope you tune into the next Squawking Dead with Carol and I. And from all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas. Jesus and friends. (laughs) Have a good one. Take care, y'all.